0: Cassius Glay, 16 years old, Washington, DC. Shot to death. Cassius participated in the Brilliant Boys Book Club. School administrators said, Glay always talked about working hard and setting a good example. Romella Jones Jr., 10 months old. Flint, Michigan. Romello's only accomplishment was bringing joy to his grandmother, who died along with him. Aliyah Butler, two years old, St. Louis, Missouri. Aliyah met Jesus on Christmas Day with his mother, Sharice Garvin. Yvonne Melise, six years old, shot as a result of a drive-by shooting while watching TV. In her own home. Natalia Wallace, seven years old, fatally shot while playing outside. Shots were fired from a vehicle. Mackie James, three years old, just got his first haircut, was shot in a car with his stepfather. As his stepfather sped to the hospital Lil' James cried, it hurts, it hurts. This is Reeve Talk with KR. The topic today, violence in our cities. I could go on and on. The number of kids from toddlers to teenagers that has succumbed to gun violence, but it would take up a whole episode. Gun violence has increased dramatically, especially in the black communities. And I don't believe we are talking enough about it. I remember as long as four decades ago, maybe longer, community organizers getting those in the community to march in the streets against gun violence. Mayors and Congress people, senators and presidents do what they do best, speak promising action then apply quick bandages to make it appear like they're doing something and move on. This has got to stop, they would say. We cannot have this violence in our communities. I have asked the governor, or I'm in the process of writing a bill. All these words upon words and nothing is being done. For decades, we have been dealing with this problem of gun violence. So if you have a decades old problem that has ebb and flowed, but steadily increased to the point of breaking all records, won't you say that it's a colossal failure? I would. People have a tendency of shifting blame. So they make the excuse that it's the pandemic that's causing this record amount of violence in our communities. Well, I could tell you one of the only businesses, if you want to call it that, that is not affected by the pandemic was the drug trade and the ability of gangs to have their people on the street corner selling their drugs to their customers, mask not required. So I have some stats for you that will blow your mind, or I hope it blows your mind. And I will tell you that if you see stats like this anywhere close to the Hamptons or Martha's Vineyard, you will see how fast they will find a solution. But poor neighborhoods don't have the financial clout, not much money coming out of it. So lips and pretense and a little change has always been the solution. So let's deal with this problem. Let's look at these stats. First, shooting on homicides. We have seen record-setting increase from last year to this year. And last year was also setting records. And don't blame the pandemic, that people or gangs frustrated cooped up in their homes and lashing out. No, it was business as usual in the drug trade. Atlanta, homicides up 58%, 58%, shooting up 40%. New York City. Homicides up 13%, shootings 64%. Portland, homicides up a uh, 533%, shootings up 126%. Chicago, homicides up 5%, shootings up 18%. Now, you might think that's low, but we're talking about Chicago. LA. Up 22%, shootings up 51%. Philadelphia, homicides up 37%, shootings up 27%. I can go on, but like I said before, it will take most of the episode. So, how do we combat these crimes? One of the policies that they have is to defund the police. How could you defend defend the police when you see crime spiking? I don't know. How could you send social workers to a domestic disturbance when police officers have been killed just knocking on the door of a domestic disturbance? So now you want an unarmed social worker going to a house where a crazed man is is probably about to kill his wife and himself. You see, no one knows exactly the situation until they do a physical assessment to understand what is happening. So over the years, the last two, three, four years, we have seen police officers get water thrown on them, spoken spoken about as if every police officer is a criminal. And because of this lack of respect, many police officers are retiring or resigning. Isn't it strange that the serious uptick in crime is happening at the same time there are less officers in the street and orders are passed down restricting officers from doing their job? Police officers' retirement and resignation is also on an uptick, so we have violence on uptick and police resignation and retirement on an uptick. Chicago, a city that could least afford to lose officers, 363 so far and 56 more expected in July alone. If this trend continues, you do the math. New York City, 5,300 officers in 2020. That was up 75% from 2019. Seattle has a high-end freeze, and 135 officers have just left. That's the same city the mayor marched and got gassed with the demonstrators. And later, security had to get him away because the same demonstrators turned on him. So in the same time frame, we are defunding the police. Carjackings are up 95% in Oakland. Rape, 83% in Atlanta. New Orleans, auto theft up 20%. And arson, 18% in San Francisco. The fear of getting caught deters a lot of these crimes. There are many out there wanting to do the wrong thing, but going to jail and losing their freedom stops them. If they are are on the streets and every day they see three or four police vehicles patrolling the area and passing by, and then all of a sudden, for weeks, no patrols, they're watching the TV and how disrespected the police officers are, and they know there's, there's not going to be any deterrence, they are going to commit these crimes. Now you have these mayors wanting to be on the right side, making huge cuts in police budget, like Mayor Lightfoot, Lightfoot, 80 million, not because it is a solution, but it is politically expedient. The defund movement just want a solution. So they have come up with what they think will work. But it's up to our leaders not to follow a movement, but to lead. We know training for officers on a more consistent level, including community policing and emotional control in stressful situations, etc., is needed. But if we continue to reduce the police force there will be more crimes. More people will die, including toddlers and young people, from indiscriminate shootings. Mayors that have reduced their police force are now asking the federal government for help. And some are even reversing their previous order, like Minneapolis. December 2020, voted to shift $8 million from the police force. By February, no, that was December 2020, by February 2021, the same city now spends $6.4 million to hire more police. They are confused. And the sad part of this is the people most affected by gun violence as in Minneapolis, are speaking up, saying we need more police, not less. Because violence in the city is on people in the city. Violence in the city is in neighborhoods, poor people, people struggling to get their, their food on the table, those are the people that get a stray bullet that kills them. Those are the people that can't come out of their houses because they're afraid that some gang will start shooting up the place and they will get shot. You know, In New York City today, they had a shooting uh, for, from dancers or somebody like that In the street of New York City, a Marine, a a, a veteran, was shot just being there, not involved in anything. And this is what's happening. So the people most affected wants more police officers. So stop the nonsense. Get more police officers on the street. Stop the violence. That's the only way it could be done. This is Real Talk with KR. God bless.